0: Rising Above Shadows of Abuse podcast. I'm your host, Grace Osborne. Thank you for joining me on this exciting journey. Welcome to today's episode centered around the current libel case between Aaron Banks and Carol Calwallader. Carol Jane Calwallader is a British author Investigative journalist and features writer. She's a features writer for The Observer and formerly worked at The Daily Telegraph. Karl rose to international prominence in 2018 when she exposed the Facebook Cambridge analytical data scandal. She's a Nobel winner. She's quoted, We journalists are the defense line between dictatorship and war. This was on the 4th of December, 2021. Mary Fitzgerald states on the 13th of January 2022, we pretend Britain is a beacon of press freedom. So why is Carol Kalwalader having to risk bankruptcy to defend her reporting? Aaron Banks initiated a libel case against Carol Kalwalader on 12th of July 2019 for claiming that he had lied about his relationship with the Russian government, notably in her TED Talk. Seven press freedom groups joined forces to express their alarm at the lawsuit, calling on the British government to defend public interest journalism. The freedom groups were Reporters Without Borders, Article 19, European Federation of Journalists, European Centre for Press and Media Freedom, Greenpeace UK, Index on Censorship international and Scottish PEN, described the suit as vexatious in nature, intended to silence Carl Wallader's courageous investigative journalism. We call on banks to drop this abusive lawsuit and seize efforts to stifle public interest reporting. The letter described the case as so-called slap suit, strategic litigation, Against public participation, the organisations commented on the unusual step of suing Carl Walder as an individual journalist. We note with concern the abusive approach Banks has taken in targeting Carl Walder as an individual on the basis of comments she made orally, including a single sentence in a TED talk and on Twitter, rather than similar reporting that had been published in the Guardian newspapers. In January 2020, Banks dropped two elements of his action. However, the judge concluded that, in context, the TED Talk and the related tweet meant that, on more than one occasion, Mr. Banks told untruths about a secret relationship he had had with the Russian government in relation to the acceptance of foreign funding of electoral campaigns in breach of the law on such funding. The judge had earlier cautioned that broadcast and public speeches should not be interpreted as though they were formal written texts, and emphasized that the ordinary reader or listener would not minutely analyze possible interpretations of words like a libel lawyer on the sixth of November twenty twenty while the libel case continued. Carl Wallader deleted and apologized for a recent tweet in which he claimed that banks had broken the law. The Electoral Commission ruled that Leave.eu, the campaign that Aaron Banks founded and funded, broke UK electoral law. In addition, the ICO found Leave.eu had broken data laws, but Aaron Banks was not held personally responsible. Is this a clear case of sexism or misogynistic tendencies? On 26 November 2020, the day before a strikeout hearing, the Press Gazette reported that she had been ordered to pay £62,000 in costs to banks after withdrawing her defences of truth and limitation just one day before the next hearing, and the case was scheduled to take place on Thursday morning. In the light of the judge's determination of the meaning of certain words in a statement published on his website, her solicitors noted that, contrary to some reporting, Carol had not made any admissions and stands by her public interest reporting. She will continue to defend the claim, and we anticipate that the case will be heard at trial next year, that is January 2022. Mary Fitzgerald, on the 13th of January 2022, states... Why can journalists be violently abused online, yet free speech doesn't protect their reporting? Tomorrow, Carol Kalwalada, the award-winning journalist who uncovered the Cambridge Analytical Scandal, will be in court facing a defamation suit from Brexit-backing businessman Aaron Banks. It's the culmination of a legal battle that had dragged on for more than two years and shows just how far the myth of the UK's free press lies from the reality of doing journalism in this country. Banks is suing Karl Walder because she said in a 2019 TED Talk and a subsequent tweet that the Brexit donor had lied about his covert relationship with the Russian government. If she loses, Kalwalada faces legal costs of up to a million pounds, plus damages. Reporters without borders have called the case an abusive attempt to silence public interest reporting, whichever way the ruling goes. However, some chilling facts will remain true. Suing journalists personally instead of companies that publish them is a common tactic deployed by those seeking to shut down negative press. Not only does it drain money and morale from most vulnerable targets, it also distracts them from doing more journalism. Whichever way the ruling goes, some chilling facts will remain true. For a start, Banks chose to sue Kalwalada personally. He has not sued the far better resourced Guardian Media Group, which published her reporting for years. nor Ted, which hosted her talk. Not the many large media outlets, including the BBC and NPR, where she made similar allegations. Secondly, Carl Wallida has for years been the subject of vicious misogynistic attacks online, including attacks from Aaron Banks' own Brexit campaign, Leave.eu, back in 2017. Leave.eu tweeted a video crudely manipulated to show her being violently assaulted. Even after hundreds of complaints, Twitter refused to take it down. After direct intervention from the Observer editor, Paul Webster, Bank's deputy Andy Wigmore finally removed it. He was not legally obliged to do so. Unlike Banks, Kalwalada had no recourse under the law to challenge the abusive speech she and thousands of others had objected to. Most of the British press has shown Kalwalada a stunning lack of professional solidarity. With the exception of the Guardian, most coverage of her case had been disparaging. Douglas Murray has argued in The Spectator that Kalwalada should return her Orwell Prize even though the reporting that won her that award is not being disputed in court. Geraldo Fox had taken an obsessive interest in Carl Walder's alleged conspiracy theories. Former BBC and GB News frontman Andrew Neil had previously disparaged her as a mad cat woman. Among the many large outlets that followed her reporting for years, including the Sunday Times, the Financial Times, the BBC and the Channel 4, there had largely been silence about her case. Shouldn't journalists in the UK be demanding better? Why aren't they Boris Johnson said as a foreign secretary in 2017 freedom of expression is a universal human right and a free press underpins that right Johnson was in Washington extolling the virtues of a free media again last month but the truth is the world's kleptocrats and oligarchs routinely use our courts to bully and silence journalists and we do almost nothing to stop them in the words of journalist Nick Cohen Our legal system has become a playground for bullies. Charlotte Tobit states, Prominent Brexit donor Aaron Banks' libel case against journalist Carol Kalwalader should be a concern to anyone who cares about freedom of speech in this country. However, millionaire businessman Banks, who made the UK's biggest ever single political donation ahead of the Brexit referendum, insisted the case was not a vexatious or bullying slap suit. Banks is suing Kalwalader, a freelance journalist who had frequently worked for The Observer over one sentence of a TED Talk and one tweet. It had culminated in a trial. Kalwalader said in April 2019 TED Talk, which was primarily about Facebook's role in the Brexit referendum, and I'm not even going to go into the lies that Aaron Banks has told about his covert relationship with the Russian government. According to Banks' legal team, the talk had been viewed around 5.3 million times. A tweet posted two months later saw Wallader repeat the same allegation and encourage people to watch the TED talk as she revealed Banks' intention of legal action to her followers. Banks' case has repeatedly been described by Kalwalada, her allies, and numerous press freedom and free expression groups as a SLAP case. SLAP, strategic lawsuit against public participation, meaning a liable action brought with the intention of silencing its target. Gavin Miller, QC, representing Kalwalada, told the High Court, The case was a concern to us and should be to anyone who cares about freedom of speech in this country. He added that Wallader, who had had to crowdfund hundreds of thousands of pounds to defend the case, as she fears it will make her bankrupt, believes Banks' action was designed to stymie her investigations about him and make other investigative journalists weary about continuing theirs. As the trial began, 17 groups, including Reporters Without Borders, the Committee to Protect Journalists and Index on Censorship, put out a joint statement saying the case was aimed at intimidating and silencing Carl Wallader. I quote, We unreservedly reiterate our support for Carl Wallader as she continues to defend her public interest work, they said. However, William McCormick, representing Banks, told the court any attempt to label the case as bullying or slap suit or vexatious will be wrong. He said the defendant had characterized this action as a slap suit. It is no such thing, and she could not reasonably have thought it was such. As she now accepts, is being brought in respect of an allegation which she accepts was false, which she does not contest was a serious allegation to make against the man and which had been published on a massive scale. To suggest it was issued in bad faith simply to stop her reporting is a complete fabrication. And Banks said in his witness statement, Carol has subsequently accused me of bullying her, harassing her and using this lawsuit to intimidate and silence her as part of a slapped lawsuit. I was at a loss to understand how Carol ...could reasonably suggest I was operating a slap policy. I considered her criticism to be unfair. I was not sure how else I was expected to correct the record... ...and I certainly cannot do so if she insists on being able to repeat false claims. Karl Walader is defending the case on the grounds that she was speaking about matters of utmost public interest... ...relating to the integrity of democratic processes... After conducting reasonable due diligence, her case is that there is no overriding public interest which would justify sanctioning and placing restrictions on the high value political speech at the heart of this case. McCormick told the court he did not dispute that Karl Walada was speaking on matters of public interest, including the debate about Cambridge Analytical and Facebook data and whether. There may have been Russian or other foreign funding involved in Brexit. But he said that defense did not mean a journalist can say, I quote, I'm entitled to say effectively what I like and the court should not prevent me from repeating it. McCormick added, we say that at the time she gives the TED talk, she fails the Section 4 public interest test of the Defamation Act 2013 because she cannot reasonably have believed what she said about my client was in the public interest. Mr. Aaron Banks claimed in his weakness statement that the allegations affected his business dealings. From a corporate standpoint, we were less successful in obtaining approval of funding than we had been previously. And I consider that the TED talk and the fact that Carol had claimed she could prove what was said was true contributed to this. He also said his sons had heard from their teachers and fellow school pupils that he was involved with the Russians, and that a man had thrown a drink at him in public while accusing him of being a liar and selling the countries down the river. However, Karl case is that Banks' evidence of serious harm caused by her was is thin, in regards to the tweet, Miller suggested to the court that banks likely had no good reputation among Kalwaladar's Twitter followers already. John Sweeney, Byline Times, reports. The libel action brought by Aaron Banks, the man behind Britain's biggest political donation ever, of $8 million to fund the Brexit campaign against Observer and Guardian journalist, Carol Kalwaladar, is big potatoes at stake? A lawyer's cost of 1.75 million pounds, the ability for reporters to investigate Russian interference in our democracy and free speech in Britain in the 21st century. If multi millionaire banks loses, he may find a way through, if Karl Wallida loses, she will go bankrupt. Three models of free speech are up for grabs the Russian, the old British. And the American in Russia, if you speak freely about power, you may die. In Britain, free speech is not an unfettered right. In the United States, free speech has been enhanced by big tech platforms such as Twitter and TED Talks. Bank is suing Wallader in a British court for what she said on American platforms about the threat posed by secret Russian power. Banks QC, William McCormick, in Legal Achibaji, before his client took the stand, argued that Wallader had stated that his client is a Russian agent, or in the vernacular that Brexit was funded by Russian money. The QC went on to argue that this was not a slap case, strategic litigation against public participation, and that meant she had not... Invoked public interest as a defense. For Carl Wallader, Gavin Miller QC fired back, suggesting that Banks had been deliberately opaque and his story had changed. For example, he originally admitted to one sole boozy lunch with the Russian ambassador, that later became Tim Banks meeting the Russian 11 times. Miller added that Banks was a political actor. And so his client's reporting was squarely in the public interest. Questioned by Miller about his book, The Bad Boys of Brexit, Banks described it as a light-hearted account of the campaign, a cooper novel without the obvious. Miller reminded Banks that the book boasts a photograph of him and the president-to-be, Donald Trump. Miller recalled that a few days later, he hub with the Russian ambassador, alexander yakovenko in london and that after the and that afterwards banks retweeted tweets by RT, formerly russian today and the russian ambassador not remembering was a trope banks repeated again and again on the second day of the trial banks was still at a loss to remember very much he did recall the leak of a stash of his emails, proving that his contacts with the Russians went far beyond the boozy lunch with the ambassador. Accusing Peter Jukes, now executive editor of Byline Times, of blackmailing the source of the stash of emails, Jukes tweeted that this accusation was wholly untrue. At one point, Mina asked Banks about a report in a newspaper that he might have leaked. He suggested that he thought that the head of public relations at Leave EU, Andy Wigmore, had leaked it. Why hasn't Wigmore given a witness statement or indeed evidence? Miller persisted. I don't know, said Banks. When Carol Calwada was cross examined that afternoon by Banks QC, William McCormick. The strategy of the plaintiff's lawyers became plain. The goal is to undermine Karwala's integrity. I have never thought Mr. Banks is a Russian spy or similar, Kalwala told McCormick. I thought he might have been used and exploited by the Russian government. She also said she had never maintained that Banks accepted any money, directly or indirectly, from the Russian government. Kalwala claimed... Mr. Banks only takes legal action against those who find it difficult to defend themselves. The case and defense of journalistic free speech in Britain continues. Is this a case of sexism, misogyny or legal abuse? Listeners decide. If you've enjoyed this episode, kindly subscribe comment, share, and leave a review. See you on our next episode. For more Rising Above Shadows of Abuse news, head to our Instagram.com page or YouTube.com page forward slash Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. And our email address is Rising Shadows of abuse at gmail.com so interact with us see you soon. Rising Above Shadows of Abuse podcast with Grace Ofpa.